Everybody grab your glass now, sip on the wine It's time we take you back and let your body really unwind This is soul and this is music, this what makes us secure Now we're spinning on D'Angelo, the ladies applaud But our station's gonna make you feel like this here before Exploring all the roots of soul, neo music beyond My name is Noble Dan, I think I better just let it run Shaking dance to it. My heart heads in the place. Don't act stupid. You're not like Craig and Big. Most can't do it. Get that ass moving from the front to back to it. Putting that thumping back to it. It's that music. You set it off and get the mass moving. You tell them about that shorty. You can't do it. I met this girl in a subway. Walking my way. It must have been my day. Seemed like the perfect match for me. So she said to me, Craig, can you give me what I want? I don't know about you, but I feel so good Girl, I can make you feel real hot tonight So I said, baby, we can do it in a pouring rain Do it again, do it again till you call my name Girl, you got me insane Can't maintain the speed in a fast lane Or we can do it on a telephone Make it moan, make it groan all night long, yeah Or we can do it on a down low When you're all alone Cause it was ooh on Monday And it was on Tuesday And it was ooh on Wednesday Gave her what she wanted through to Sunday Ooh on Monday And it was on Tuesday And it was ooh on Wednesday Gave her what she wanted through to Sunday Page two, look at my girl Come a little closer, give me a 12 Put my hands on your body cause you're on my mind On my mind, think about you all the time Girl, can you give me what I want? I don't know about you, but I feel so hot And I wanna love you, baby Do all the little things that I wanna do And we can do it in a pouring rain Do it again, do it again Till you call my name Girl, you got me insane Can't maintain the speed in a fast lane Or we can do it on a telephone Make it moan, make it groan All night long, yeah Or we can do it on a down low When you're all alone Cause it was ooh on Monday And it was on Tuesday And it was ooh on Wednesday Gave her what she wanted through to Sunday Ooh on Monday And it was on Tuesday And it was ooh on Wednesday Gave her what she wanted through to Sunday Listen. Little mama, you can kill all the drama Girl, you know you gonna be here tomorrow Probably stay after that Later on and make a play after that Get it on and lay straight after that It's like a natural fact When you see me, you know how to react It don't matter anywhere that we at It's game time Move your waistline Shit your tail feather to the baseline Moving in the same time Like we got the same sign 
beep game. It's pro ball and pretty lace come apart. I go off like Biz Mark. Yeah, I talk big talk, but carry a big staff. And stay down for laying it down, your big ass. I know I'm wrong, but damn, I got to tell you for true. Tell the world like I tell it to you. That it's just a mere mention of you. They make me get in the mood. Most of Craig Dave get in the cool. It's like... On Monday, and it was On Tuesday, and it was ooh On Wednesday, gave her what she wanted through to Sunday Ooh, on Monday, and it was On Tuesday, and it was ooh On Wednesday, gave her what she wanted through to Sunday Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Sold Out Roots in the Vine, where we explore the world of neo-soul and beyond. With me, April Olatunji, joined by my fellow neo-soul nerd, Mr. Steve Southern. Hey, Steve. Hey, hey. What's going on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Rick David. <laughs> that was. What's occurring? Yes. So what we got on tonight's show then, Steve? Oh, this month's show, it's, I mean, it's becoming more regular than not, isn't it? Mm. We've got another deep dive special for you. Mm. Uh, Basically, if you ever see us referring to a show as a special, then it essentially means we've gone way too geeky (laughs) and we've got no time for anything else on the show. (laughs) But this deep dive in particular, it's been your baby really, hasn't it? But why don't you... Let the people know what we're getting into. Mm, Yeah, so on this month's episode, we have gone on a super deep dive into the history of the electric piano. Mm. We're exploring the sounds of the roads and the Wurlitzer and just all that silky, magical, sweet goodness that we hear throughout so much soul music and particularly the neo-soul movement. Absolutely. Yeah, we've identified the electric piano, in particularly the roads, as like an essential ingredient as far back as our first episode, didn't we? Yeah. But yeah, we're going all the way back to World War II tonight yeah we're taking it back charting the evolution of this very special instrument alongside the evolution of soul music itself really aren't we so that's going to be really cool Mm -hmm. but until then steve what were we just listening to yes but 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 before we jump into all that uh we started the show as we always do with our root artist selection and last month we played you some amy winehouse didn't we we did, yeah. Kind of looking at a more modern artist who's yeah. really helped shape the culture of specifically what we're hearing in the UK scene today. Mm-hmm. We kind of called it our modern icon season. Yeah. And this month I've gone with someone I'm going to argue has been similarly influential, but mm-hmm. in different ways. Okay. And, and that is Mr. Craig David. Craig David. <laughs> Who does not know of Craig David? Exactly. But I think I've got my work cut out for us tonight because mm. when I first suggested doing Craig, there were some eyebrows raised on <laughs> April's behalf. I think. What, me? <laughs> she was like, me? are you sure? Craig? <laughs> <laughs> he, is a, he is quite a corny dude. I will give you that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, when he came out, you know, when he was, what was it like? Like 99, he hit the scene. Yeah, I mean... Anybody coming out of the 90s had some amount of yes cheat because it was quite a cheesy time, let's face it. Yeah, we'll have to remember what mainstream music culture looked like when he first came on the scene. Dominated yeah. by 
white European influenced pop music. Like we're we're back in the age of steps here in Westlife and and all exactly. that sort of stuff. Yeah, Bewitched so, and Eiffel 65 and <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. So to have this kid, this teenage kid suddenly who'd came up through DJing and MCing on pirate radio since the age of 15, mm-hmm. bringing what was then an underground sound, the sound of UK Garage to a mainstream audience. Yeah. And for a brief time becoming the biggest star in the country, I think that's pretty amazing Yeah. given, given what, was stacked against him. Yeah. So yeah, I think his his impact on the British landscape in particular, turn of centuries, it's worth assessing. I do, I do. Yeah, well he 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 kind of brought garage into the the mainstream, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean like just the tunes, rewind, mm-hmm. woman trouble, fill mm-hmm. me in seven days. Like at the time all those tunes just sounded so fresh. Yeah. Like, it did mix that US R&B sound of the time. Yep, it was a real crossover. Mm-hmm. Like the Rodney Jerkins stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but with something really uniquely British, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly with Craig, it was channeled through the, the modern British experience. Mm-hmm. Craig was son of a mixed race family. Mm-hmm. So he was able to mesh, like, reggae and that rhythmic Caribbean influence mm-hmm. into the real proven 90s soul stuff the street soul stuff yeah that appealed to white crowds as well so and obviously having that ear to the street being so heavily involved in the the club nights and the pirate radio circuit so he was really coming from a different angle to everyone else yeah in that sort of pop sphere i think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and and of course he was he was big in america too Mm -hmm. which was unheard of People tend to forget that. Uh, he really mm-hmm. really flew a lone flag for the UK R&B at the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I tried to look to see if anyone else had sort of done it. And mm-hmm. I think the only act that ever came close in the years before, sort of five years before, was probably Mark Morrison. Yeah. Like Return of the Mac. <laughs> but I do, do, do. <laughs> like kind of a one-hit wonder, but that song blew up it worldwide. that one. And he was kind of sort of repping the London sound for a while. Yeah, Um, yeah. Until, yeah, Craig David came along and he got nominated for two Grammys. I didn't even realise that. Mm -hmm. He's Grammy nominated. He got nominated for two BET Awards. Wow. Uh, So he he kind of proven himself in America. Mm -hmm. He's also Mm -hmm. got like Ivan Novello. He's won three Ivan Novello Awards. Mm -hmm. And obviously the, the tune we opened the show with. He had legends like DJ Premier and Mo Steff giving him that co-sign, giving him the cred, the street cred. That is very cool. I mean, yeah. that is so cool. Imagine. I, I can never get enough of that Seven Days DJ Premier remix. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. I hadn't heard that before. Any excuse to play that, even though I should have probably gone with a more classic Craig Garage thing. I just wanted to show that. Yeah. Bring but it into the you know, though, I, think, I think it does show Craig David a lot like that. The garage scene, you wouldn't necessarily think about maybe in its origin of putting that type of vocal yeah, to the music. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it does really kind of show his versatility and um, his, just his, yeah, his versatility, you know, to cross over into the R&B realm and, and to fit in, but then also be able to... Um, bring something fresh yeah that's what i mean 
yeah. to the UK. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a good choice. It was totally new. Yeah, it was. And that initial boom of two-step garage was relatively short-lived commercially. It kind of, it burned bright and well, faded away like, after a few um, years, didn't it? We had like, who followed after? We had like Mystique and... Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, well, everyone so had solid a garage crew mix. came through. Yes, yes, exactly, um, so solid. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think it's it's real lasting impact has come in the form of grime, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which has origins in the same kind of clubs and pirate radio stations. Yeah. And yeah, as you said, So Solid Crew and Wiley, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, guys mm-hmm. like that were kind of seen as a darker alternative to the popular two-step stuff. Yeah. So, and then that wave flowed into guys like Dizzy Rascal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which kind of came a couple of years after. So I think you could definitely argue that with Craig as the mainstream face of an underground genre like Garage, he definitely opened the doors for all those genres that followed to have a more public stage, I think. Yeah, kind of broke the mould, which is not always easy because you don't... People are a bit like, ooh, what's this then? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. just think like nothing like that had a had a place on Radio 1 or anything like that before mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. rewind and fill me in and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, those are kind of obvious influences. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, n- number one in terms of influence, as I said, the commercialization of that UK urban sound. Mm-hmm. The weirder one, number two, mm-hmm. um, I know Drake was a big Craig David fan. Yeah. He even name-checks him, Artful Dodger, and Shola Hammer. No way. So that's showing his, like, garage cred in his yeah. second-ever mixtape comeback season. Wow. Uh, do you want to hear a little snippet of this? This is a track called Closer to My Dreams. Come on, then. This is Drake shouting them out. Charcoal charger, racing through back streets on my Craig Davis shit, the awful dodger. Shola Ama, I told her Ama. Hey. Shouting out Craig David, Artful Dodger, and weirdly Shola Ama, who was like the queen of UK Garage at the time. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about that track? Mm-hmm. That is a sample from Guapale, Closer. <laughs> yo, yeah, oh, yeah, yo, Closer yo. to My Dreams, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Good, good spot. You wouldn't have thought. So, yeah, I don't think there's anyone been more globally influential than Drake in the last 10 years. No. And if you do Google Drake and Craig David, there's so many think pieces and articles mm-hmm. Saying mm-hmm. how Craig David was Drake before Drake was, so there there is that yeah. level of influence. Yeah, yeah. Um, even just like the flow, I think Craig really ushered in that hybrid flow of singing and rapping. That yeah, so much of today's rhythmic cadence is is sort of based on, isn't it? It's almost like that. Yeah, the trap triplet flow. He yeah. maybe did it first when he did those. Double time runs. Yeah, especially on, um, like, Fill Me In. It's yeah. lyrically, the, there's a lot going on there. And obviously, the more lyrics you have in a verse, the the more um, complicated the rhythms become. Yeah, and, uh, I, I love doing Craig David on karaoke. But then you get to that <laughs> bit and you're like, oh, no, uh, hold up, hold up. <laughs> like, Say it, cast your name, 60 number, and stay with me tomorrow at night. <laughs> Then it's like, did you decline? No. <laughs> so it's that awesome, like super fast, then slows it down. Yeah. It creates this like wild groove. And I don't think anyone really did it as successfully as Craig did. No, well, I don't really think, I mean, I don't want to, I could be completely wrong, but I don't think there was so much of a crossover between emceeing and singing. I think I think the world of hip hop and R&B were very separate and very it was kind of like I've even heard like Buster yeah. talking about um like the view of the male R- R&B like singers 
Mm-hmm. It was talking about like getting somebody on for a hook, and mm-hmm. you know, somebody in the hip hop world wouldn't dream of um, trying to do a sung hook. No, they'd have to get the R and B singer of the time. Yeah. yeah, and I think Buster actually he did do. He decided to just do it himself. I think on one of the songs. I don't know if it's the one with. Yeah, Buster's done with a Mariah little bit Mariah Carey. Of... Like, yes. Yeah. Give it to me. I to you. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's a definitely an early one, and the Janet Jackson one as well. Yeah, I think most people would attribute that that shift to Drake in terms of like yeah. the commercial thing that's happened in the last ten years, and, and being able to do it well yeah. because it's not it's two different disciplines, isn't it? You yeah. know, I mean, but yeah, here I'm saying screw Drake. Craig David did it first. <laughs> Craig David, we did it first. US. <laughs> so, so two big, two big ones there. I'm going to go on for about 20 minutes yeah. here. But, uh, n- number three, third big one. Right. Just the sheer outpouring of love when Craig David came back on the scene. Mm. Do you remember a few years back? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. It was like instantly any wrongdoings or any ball selector nonsense was like out the window. <laughs> Get it away. And then he was just suddenly like newly minted as the the elder statesman of the UK urban scene. Like so many people were just name checking him as like a childhood idol or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. attributing him as that commercial gateway into more underground stuff. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, it's essentially it's like the equivalent of Anderson Pack working with Dre, you know what I mean? Mm. Like yeah. being able to uh, work alongside somebody who has been around far longer than you and, and was kind of like... Um, influential mm-hmm. in a movement yeah yeah just bringing that experience of mm-hmm. experience of the scene and of the genre and mm-hmm. maybe almost a cautionary tale as well in Craig David's case like mm. don't don't get too wrapped up in the the celebrity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cycle and all that sort of stuff which did kind of burn him didn't it for a long time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah he's yeah he's, he's come back and he's been on grime tracks and he's been on chasing status tunes he's mm-hmm. done two tracks with Tronada, which are like class really good mm-hmm. even this year i've suddenly like came across loads of weird craig david samples in new stuff mm-hmm. yeah on the recent amber mark album all right she yeah. samples rendezvous on her song softly mm-hmm. that sounds a little bit like this it's got the the backing. Mm-hmm. Rendezvous <laughs> and this one by a guy called Kyle. This one's called Sunday. Started vibing on Monday. Which is just seven days. Yeah. Now we make love by Wednesday. And even Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Tell me that we breaking up on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. It does actually sample that. You know you want these things on your body. Why you so yeah, he's like people just sampling Craig David today, which is yeah. bizarre. <laughs> I think the the legacy of those songs is just well and truly implanted in this generation now. Yeah. Much like Amy Winehouse, whether it was stuff they grew up listening to through the parents or it's still on heavy rotation on stuff like Kiss FM as well, isn't it? All those like big bangers, you still hear them all the time. I think when when something's like quality, it's it's around, you know, mm. it's going to be around. Even even we're never, ever really going to get away from Eiffel 65 and Blue. It's like, <laughs> Why would it's you with want us to? forever. <laughs> so listen up. Or, or, 
or like the, the ca- cartoons, witch doctor, uh, like especially when you've got kids. When it's, yeah, <laughs> when it's something of like real quality and um, got legacy, it's just it's gonna really impact mm-hmm. the the up and coming generations. So yeah, it's good. It stood the test of time, Taz. Yeah. One more crazy theory I've got. Mm-hmm. This is as far as the rabbit hole went. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, okay. In in the age of miming pop stars and dance moves. Okay. Craig David, we've said, came out. And he would always perform live rapping over an acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just him and a guy playing acoustic guitar. Yeah. And does that not remind you of a certain ginger omnipresent force <laughs> <laughs> who was initially seen as an urban act? Are you talking about the Sheeran? That's right. That's right, Your Honour. <laughs> I propose without Craig David, oh, we do not get Ed Sheeran. Don't mention that name. And, and for that, I'm truly sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And, but yeah, I think there's some weight in that theory as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ed Sheeran was initially someone who kind of bridged the gaps between the grime world and that acoustic world. And mm-hmm. Craig did, but did it first. Craig. Much like Craig. But yeah, you might you might have a point there. I mean, yeah, have I, have I pleaded when, a solid case for my client? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, can I get a bow selector? <laughs> <laughs> because. <laughs> Come on, you bastard! <laughs> oh, that's. I mean, I, th- I think that one of the the, the it killed him. It did. It really did. And he, he didn't even do anything wrong. Yeah, we're we're talking about how big he was. That that Brit Awards 2001, mm. six nominations, and and he lost all of them. And I do as well. Take mm-hmm. the fifth one on there. Mm-hmm. Take the fifth one. I think that was a real moment of reflection. For yeah. the UK music scene, mm-hmm. probably the first of that kind, where we started to think about how we treat artists of colour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think after that, we start to see more efforts to to rectify that with things like yeah. Dizzy Rascal winning the Mercury like a few years later, and of mm-hmm. course, two years later, the Brits instated Best British Urban Act, which right. not condescending at all, but <laughs> yeah, that was their Brits consolation of like this is where we're going to put the black artists for a while <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> until mm-hmm. they're allowed to be in best british male yeah but baby steps and i think you can read between the lines and see craig kind of move the needle in that regard too well yeah i mean you can just even if you would just reference like the most recent Brit awards there was mm-hmm. you know yeah there was a lot of black artists that yeah <clears throat> n- nowadays it's it's not uncommon to see dave and stormzy up for like Mm-hmm. The top awards, best British male. There's not really a divide anymore, is there? Yeah, I mean, very interesting though that such a talented artist who was quite clearly having an impact on the scene, particularly mm-hmm. like in in our country, to not you know receive the award yeah. that should be mm-hmm. due to him, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the way. It, it seems to have shifted. Yeah, I think it, ju- it just made the, the the crusty powers that be reevaluate what was happening in Britain. Uh, well, it's the, it's it's a changing it's, it's yeah. a changing country, isn't it? It's, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that thing that type of thing would fly anymore, really. No, the, <laughs> the backlash to that would be just monumental. Yeah, and and it was at the time. To be fair, it was at the time. It was mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. quite a, a shocking controversy at the time that Craig David, yeah. who was our biggest star at the time, just got completely shut out 
Mm-hmm. And I think it was maybe for like Robbie Williams or someone like that. Oh. who's just as vanilla as you can get. Oh my gosh. So yeah. it was, we were like, hold on. Clearly. This, we've yeah, really yeah. got to take stock and look at what the UK music scene actually is now. It's, yeah. It's yeah, maybe not give... Robbie Williams and take that anymore. It's mm. We've got to look at the the London sort of suburbs and stuff like that for mm-hmm. what's really happening. Wow. So yes, boom. Wow. Craig David. Well, yeah, I mean, half an hour, half an hour <laughs> rooting behind there. Sorry, we guys. don't do things. I in feel a... passionately about Craig <laughs> because, let's face it, Steve, you would have liked to have been Craig David growing up, wouldn't you? I would have loved to have yeah. been Craig David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, he's a regular karaoke effort. Well, I think as karaoke um, challenges go, I think that's quite a high standard right there to be he's, honest he's with the, you he's the king of the tongue yeah. twister yeah i mean you'd have to you have to be pretty good with your addiction and pronunciation i think <laughs> and understanding of rhythm yeah he's a rhythmic <laughs> dude and yeah is some of his mc and is insane like so fast mm-hmm. it's like buster rhymes level so where does that where does that leave us then you you've you've spoken about craig Clegg being there um, being this root artist with the, the influence that he's had um, where we're going yeah thoroughly gone into all the various avenues you can go down there but the one I've gone for for uh, Vine is just something that shows how that original Craig David two-step sound the Artful Dodger sound still echoing through today's uh, scene and this guy's just been like the main man in that UK garage renaissance the resurgence mm-hmm. for the last few years really mm-hmm. it's remixed and worked with big names like georgia smith crepton conan wiley mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. Uh, and had a big big chart hit producing aj tracy's ladbrook grove which was like an actual number three hit right it was a proper garage tune mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, his name is conductor the mighty conductor, conductor. i love him He's my pick as a vine mm-hmm. for that OG UKG sound. Mm. And yeah, this track is a really cool blend of smokier neo soul vibes and that classic two step sound, that Craig David Artful Dodger sound. I love it. Thanks for that, Steve. So yeah, this is Conductor featuring Alice or Elise. It's called Come and Go. Can I get a rewind? <laughs> <laughs>
We had to bring it back to the the proper neo soul there after uh, flirting with a bit of UK garage, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, it's just too damn good not to, isn't it? Really, too damn good. Mm, yeah, that's 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 the good stuff right there. Yeah, so that was um, Terrell Grice and the beautiful voice of Alex Isley, which we've played on the show before. Yeah. Um, mashup of a of a neo soul classic. And uh, R&B classic uh, in Usher, You Got It Bad and yeah. uh, Float yeah. say yes. Mush it up. Uh, mush up. <laughs> mush up the place. Just showing how those two sounds are entwined together, like yeah. different mm-hmm. expressions, but they're, they're just very related, you know. Wicked. I just like the epicness of how live it is. Yeah. The guitar you know, solo for me. The Anytime guitar you solo. Squeeze a guitar like, solo in, I'm like, ding. The vocal, I mean the um, sorry, the gospel chops. Of, yeah, it, it's got it's got a real backbone of like that gospel sound. Mm-hmm. You'd be hard pressed to even realise that was a live performance. To be honest, it just sounds like so good. Your thing, yeah, so 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 good. Yeah, I had to actually sort of research what the track was to kind of. I just thought like maybe he was the producer and this was a studio track. Yeah, but no, that that's actually off Terrell Grace's. One million show. Yeah, he's a, a big YouTube star, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he's. Um, I mean, I didn't know that he was. He was a singer. Um, mm-hmm. Initially, I came across him because he he kind of he'll interview vocalists and he's he's interviewed a lot yes. of my faves, and he just yeah, sits yeah, down yeah. with them. He's got this super colourful background, mm-hmm. and these they just chat and then they just kind of impromptu spont- spontaneously sing songs and just mm-hmm. have a good old time. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's really sat down with some absolutely mega stars from Big the gospel names, world, yeah. from the mm-hmm. soul world. So it, like, it's, I kind of go to his show if I ever want to just, you know, listen to a favourite artist in a completely different context. That's You cool. know, just ha- sat down, having a conversation, but then still showing off their skills. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the beauty of spaces like YouTube and yeah. Colours and Tiny Desk and stuff. Absolutely, just taking advantage yeah. of this huge audience base that someone's grown mm-hmm. then putting the spotlight on like real soul artists yeah so yeah that that was a great one that the million yeah. one million show to celebrate him getting a million was it a million subscribers oh I don't even know he, ju- he just did a big um, just a big did show. his own big award yeah. show type thing well yeah. that the album the album is um, epic mm-hmm. there's some some great artists on it and he's he actually sings as well he's a, he's a mint singer Real kind of gospel chop. Cool. Oh, cool, cool. So yeah, that was my choice. Beyond smooth. Mm. Beyond smooth. Two classics. We always got to bring the smoothness. Always got to bring the smoothness. <laughs> well, speaking of smooth, <laughs> <laughs> segue, ding, ding. Segway. Uh, I think it's time we just dove right into the meat of today's episode. I think it's time. Are you ready? You, you got your mm-hmm. breathing apparatus? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're going deep. Let me go. Let me go 
Let's yeah. go. <laughs> and we're in. The hype. The hype is real. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, it is that time of the show where we have gone into the deep dive territory. This episode, we are... Swimming around. We are geeking out 100% to... The beautiful sounds of the Fender Rhodes, that electric yes. piano sound the that we love pianos. so much within our um, our favorite neo soul and soul classics. I'm ready to go. We've spoke um, a lot in the past about what makes that neo soul sound, and we always mention that Rhodes sound. You do. And you might have been thinking, I don't know, maybe you're not a musician, maybe you don't know much about instruments. Yeah, we're going to take it back, aren't we? That's right. We're going to learn where the instrument came from, yeah. who the pioneers are, how it's become so fused into the genre of neo-soul. So yeah, let's take it back. Uh-huh. We will put a little warning on the show at this part. This is going to be the nerd alert section. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> the words of Austin Powers, nerd alert, nerd alert. Yeah, it, it was going all in tonight. <laughs> I have, so, I mean, I apologize in advance if it comes off as too nerdy and too boring, but I just couldn't help it. This is April's TED Talk. I think it's because if anybody who knows me as a pianist will always associate me with the electric piano sound because it's... It is my favorite. Yeah. It, it just ticks all the boxes. So I think that's maybe why I've been so interested yeah. this time around because it's something that I really do share a love of and um, to play it and to listen to it. So should we get into it then? Let's do it. Hit me. Hit me. Teach me. Teach me. Oh, wow. A April's got notes. <laughs> <laughs> You're in for a treat. It's rare. It's, this is rare, guys. <laughs> Let's go. Um. <clears throat> So when you listen to um, soul music, whether it be the old school soul, new school, um, kind of like smooth jazz, funk, you've going to have heard the Rhodes. We've been calling it the Rhodes. However, it's just, it's called the electric piano. Yeah. Rhodes is the inventor. It's a make of a piano. Yeah. Um, and it's probably the most famous. When you think of the electric piano, particularly in the realms of neo soul, you think of that classic sound, don't you? Yes. It's just a thing of beauty. It is. It's beautiful. It's a lovely, like, for me, it just encapsulates, like, the 70s look. I just love it. Yeah, it becomes synonymous with the music of that time, hasn't it? Yeah. So, basically, just a little bit of info. The roads generate sound with keys and hammers. And much like a piano, rather than having the strings, the hammers strike thin metal tines, which are tuning forks. Yeah. Which is what you actually use to, you know, to help with tuning uh, pianos. Yeah. And then they vibrate next to um, an electromagnetic pickup. And then the signal is sent through a cable to an external keyboard, amplifier and speaker. Mm. And that's how you get the sound. So what's interesting about a Rhodes is you don't, ac you don't actually need to have an amplifier yeah. to hear it. it. It is an acoustic instrument, but they did build in the amplifier later on. The amplifiers give it a real wide ranging sound as well, doesn't it? Gives it such a diverse sound. It does, yeah. It gives it more depth. 
Yeah. So when you hear the the road sound, it has a bell sound to it. It's got a twinkly kind of sound and you can hear that metallic sound. Yeah. Like I always say like rounder notes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if you can imagine, <laughs> I guess like the wave of a, it's like a curve rather than a ding. Yeah. It's got like a nice buttery sound. Yeah, it has. I mean, if you were, if you're going to like think of a few words that describe the sound of the roads, it's smooth, it's dreamy, it's dreamy. You yeah. know, it's like water. It is. It's beautiful. Or like the the top keys can sound like water, but like the lower ones can get like proper gnarly and like It can. Harsh. It really so can. It, it, it's a really diverse sound. Yes, as an instrument, um you can do a lot with it for all it's got its one sound. Um, you can create lots of different textures based off of how you are playing the instrument. Um, it, it has more of an aggressive attack. It can have a really floaty sound. And then the bottom end has such a heavy bass to it, um, yeah, yeah. which is it's great as a pianist because you you want that bass, you know, to accompany mm. what you're doing with, with your right hand. I love it. Yeah. You got any questions, student? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Are you good? Yeah. This is magic. So the Fender Rhodes, it was invented by a chap called Harold Rhodes. Yeah. He basically came about through, he started teaching piano at a very young age. He was 19 and he even made his own teaching methods Mm. and curriculum that has been widely used which i need to look into um yeah that's awesome so he had a real kind of heart for education yeah but where the roads itself where it came about where the story begins where the yeah. story begins he was in the army yeah he's in the u.s air force yeah yes yeah. world war ii we're going all the way back to world war ii we're taking it taking it in back the, the 40s yeah and basically being a, a, a pianist and a passionate teacher he found a need in the army and that was for injured yeah. soldiers that were recouping in hospital. Yeah, it's like a rehabilitation activity, wasn't it? He'd, yes, he'd it was. Of, uh-huh. He'd want to go around and teach the soldiers just to give them something to do, a bit of hope, a bit of light, Yeah, which is awesome in itself. It is, yeah. I mean, that in itself is a really, like, yeah. beautiful thing to do. Yeah. Like, I guess at this time, though, um, lugging a full-size piano around, basses and yeah. stuff might have been yeah. quite so a challenge. You... <laughs> so he kind of went about making a more compact version, didn't he? He did, yeah. He he made a mini piano, and that was called the pre-piano, um, and it was a miniature piano, and it was... Aww. It was to be portable so that it could be taken around. The wee baby. The wee one. So here is the pre-piano, Rhodes pre-piano. Here we go. Oh, yes. It's a little demo. Yeah, yeah. So you can hear that metallic sound. Doesn't quite have the finesse that we're kind of accustomed to hearing, but... No, it doesn't. Oh, there we go. Kind of sounds very toy-like, doesn't it? Yes. Like a um, toy box, you know, the, the jack-in-the-box? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, like mm-hmm. a wind-up toy box. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I guess makes sense because it's a similar technology, isn't it? It's metal twanging against each other. It is, yeah. So so that was that was kind of like the baby. It's already sounding good. It was basically made out of scrapped airplane parts. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> so creative, like you just can't stop him. He's like, I need to find a way to make this piano smaller and all I've got around me is like war-torn objects and I'm in yeah. the middle of an Air Force base. Let's just 
Yeah, let's, let's just, just scrap a, a B-17 fighter jet. And a... mm-hmm. So yeah, they were made from these um, scrap parts. Yeah. And the the piano itself um, was 32 notes. So a full-size yeah. piano is 88 notes, mm-hmm. which is definitely not too portable, especially like, you know, pianos back then were like big acoustic pianos. So. Yes, yeah, yeah. He condensed it down to 32 notes and it mm. could basically sit on the knee yeah. of those people in hospital. And um, from then, he obviously, people got to know about this wonderful work that he had done. Yeah. went down a storm, didn't it? I it mean, really did, yeah. Even though it was quite a rudimentary early model. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was just so much for the soldiers mm-hmm. and the Air Force actually put him in charge of a whole music rehab program, didn't they? They did, Across yeah. Across all the Air Force hospitals. So They did, uh-huh. Yeah, he, he was recognised pretty quickly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that came with um, a st- student and instructor models were introduced in 65. Ah, wow. And that, that was to be, they were to be used to teach in the classroom setting. Sweet. And what's really interesting as well, it said um, here, by connecting the output um, of a network of student models, the teacher could listen to each student in isolation on the instructor model. So it was like a kind of playback Man. system. Like Considering high-tech. where we are in the point of time, that's pretty wild. It is, yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, I love, yeah, this technology and music kind of coming side by side. It's great. They, they work so well together, really. Yeah. As time went on, um, the pre-piano was 1946. 46, man. And then the next thing that came along was when the inventor fused with Fender. So that's when it became Fender Rhodes, mm. and that's what we know it as. However, yeah. your guy Fender, he, uh, and, and I don't mean Sam Fender, I mean that. <laughs> your boy. <laughs> Sam's dad. Leo Fender. Leo Fender. He wasn't keen on the mid to high upper range sound of the yeah, Rhodes. Yeah, this is He wild. didn't like it. He was like, I don't mm. like it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no. Nah. Um, I want bass. I just give me that bass. bass. I mean, I wonder if he was a bass player. I don't know. He's all about the bass. So, what came after the pre-piano was the piano bass. Yeah, the Fender bass. Mm-hmm. And this is what it sounds like, and it is tasty. So you can obviously hear there's this two being played here. You've got um, an actually um, a Willitzer, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, the, the higher up sound, and then you've got the bass. That is nice, isn't it? There's that bass coming in. Love it. And the bass sound was kind of popularised by the Doors, wasn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Light My Fire and stuff. It's a bit more organy. Yeah. But they kind of essentially used the Rhodes as the bass part in a lot of their songs. Yeah. Gave it that sort of floaty, jazzy, improvisational feel. Yeah. So the the instrument, the Rhodes that we are accustomed to, um, Fender Rhodes, there's, there's been quite a few um, models. We've had the suitcase, which is the big one with the like that it's got quite an arched um roof and that was 1965 yeah was that the first full size one right 
That was the first full-size one, yeah. And then you've got Mark One stage, piano. Yes. I guess all of these are like precursors to getting to what we understand today as a stage piano. Yeah. Which are portable pianos that replicate the sound of either a grand or... Yes, absolutely. Um, interest, interesting about the, the story of the roads. So you've got all these different models ranging from 46 with the pre-piano up until 84, the company was sold. Mm. And it was sold to Roland. Ah. And in 87, they came out with the Mark 80. However, Harold, he didn't give them permission to make the sounds electronic. And he wasn't happy with this with them being electronic sounds. So he actually got the company back. Ah, okay. But by that So Roland kind of dropped the ball. They did, yeah. He wasn't very happy with it. Um, but by the time he bought it back, he wasn't very well. He was in real ill health. Right. So there was one that came out 2007. Yeah, that was the Mark 7. Mm-hmm. But upon researching, there is there is to be the Mark 8 is going to be released this year. Yes, I've seen a lot of excitement about this. <laughs> yes, it's a bit of a custom job. You can design your own... Um, piano so obviously it's the same shape and everything um but you can choose the color of the hood and you've got like you've got burnt orange turquoise violet red i bet that burnt pink. orange looks nice i just had fun going on the site and just changing just making, <laughs> making your dream i've version. saved my own version i've just forwarded it to my husband and just said oh. um <laughs> let's sell the house and it's only uh, seven, and a half, seven and a half grand i mean yeah. we'll sell the house and go live in a van and yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i mean we could do that and we could just have our fender roads just like set up there it would be yeah. all we need the kids Man, don't need food I mean, kind of strictly for the top end isn't it? <laughs> yeah big boy toys big boy toys indeed so that is a kind of brief overview on the kind of creation of the fender roads Hell the yeah. most well-known electric piano yeah there is another which you would have definitely heard yes. over the years and that's the Wurlitzer yeah the Wurlitzer looks similar it's a bit more slimline and mm-hmm. um, probably more portable it's quite difficult to actually um sometimes distinguish between the, the mm. two sounds because with production techniques and things you can obviously manipulate the sound yeah in my head, I always sort of thought the Wurlitzer as more of like a more obvious organ sound, or is it not so much the case? Um, well, let me share with you the sound of the Wurlitzer. How about that? Yes, let me hear the difference. Okay, so this is the Wurlitzer. Okay. It has the smooth tone of, of the roads. It's very similar because it is the same mechanism the hammer's hitting on, on the metal tuning forks. Maybe it's got more of a growly sound. Yes, that's the word I was looking mm-hmm. for. As opposed to the bell. Yeah. Yeah, so that's your Willitzer there. Don't want to say like more digital, but like digital sounding, but like the low end certainly has more like a distorted mm-hmm. feel or... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, yeah, there's that kind of crunchy, distorted tone. Yes, uh-huh. crunch. Yeah, is rather good. than the yes. smooth. Yeah, they're, they're both beautiful sounds. Yeah, amazing. A little other factoid interesting to note the inventor of the Wurlitzer 
it was also created around wartime needs. Yeah. So I think it's just interesting that the two have come out of something out of a time which was really dark. You know? Well, that's the same with all technology, isn't it? All yeah. technology arises out of a need uh-huh. to overcome something. Yeah. And yeah, in this case, it just really propelled mm-hmm. music forward um, because mm-hmm. I guess it was something we really needed and wanted at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it was just such a soothing balm at the time, I imagine, in the middle of what seemed like an endless war. Yeah, and, and I bet he didn't realise... I bet they both didn't realise the impact that they were going to make, oh, you know, in years to come, God the news no. that would, would come. Absolutely not, no. So, yeah. Amazing. So I think that takes us quite neatly to the, the point in time where we started to hear Rhodes for the first time in recorded music, actually put to record, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mid-60s. Yes, we've, so we've had the, the Mark I release in 65. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually did a bit of diving to see what was the first use of the Rhodes or the electric piano on record. Oh, so you went I, I diving your, as well? Yes, I went diving too. But oh, okay. weirdly, people can't really come up with a definitive, this is the first one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one of the bigger ones people point to, the first use of the Rhodes on record, was on Miles Davis's legendary 1968 album, Miles in the Sky. Mm-hmm. which, of course, had Herbie Hancock playing keys on there. Yeah. So a lot of people point to songs like Stuff. We can hear a bit of that here and listen to how that sounded in 1968. Some jazzy madness. Oh, listen to those keys. Kind of trippy. It is trippy, right? Miles was obviously in a pursuit of, you know, pushing boundaries at this point in his career. Really experimenting. Here he comes. <laughs> but Herbie's given him a nice sort of smooth bed there to nice go pad. wild on top of. Yeah. So that's 68. Mm-hmm. That's Stuff. Stuff. From Miles Davis and Herbie Hancock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Her- Herbie's such a pioneer of all all manner of keys isn't he yeah he's, he's kind of like, he is like the ultimate keys godfather he's like teaching all the young ones but Miles's first introduction to it was apparently through a live recording of Mercy 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 ah. by the Cannonball Adderley Quintet featuring yes. Joe Zawinol on keys mm. who was by all accounts one of the real real pioneers of the instrument this was recorded live in 1966, so just one year after yeah. it hit the marketplace, so he was right in there quick. Nice. And this was actually quite the crossover hit as well, mm-hmm, Mercy, mm-hmm. Mercy, Mercy. Mm-hmm. It was huge with like people in Vietnam and stuff like that. Uh, it's quite an uplifting song for them to latch on to. Yeah, should we give it a play? Yeah, let's play this. Mm. Yeah, this is Joe Zawinul performing on Mercy, Mercy, Mercy.
is nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Pretty smooth. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Cannonball Adderley Quintet. Yeah, nice little groove there, isn't it? Yeah, and really, really if nice you can, groove. obviously that's recorded live. You can hear the audience whenever that electric piano sound rears mm. its head. They lose their minds. They've heard nothing mm-hmm, like it before. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That is cool. <laughs> I guess in the same way we talked about the talk box months ago. Yeah, yeah. People's minds were blown by something as simple as an electric yeah. piano back in 1966. Yeah, mega. So that, that's one of its first origins in terms of we've had its history there. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into real jazz and soul legends taking it for a spin yeah where do we go from here in our journey of an electric piano where does it go after 1966 68 well let me tell you let's go there have you got any more prominent uses of of the electric piano around this period prominent uses yeah so you've got some of the main players that like to to use the electric piano sound you've got um George Duke. Do you know George Duke? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He's a bit of a godfather. I've got some awesome George Duke albums. Here's an example um, of some George Duke vibes. This is a song called From Dusk to Dawn. It's very smooth. Awesome. That's nice, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Instantly. So that is a Rhodes for sure. You can hear the bell. Love that. Yeah. So we've got we've got the likes of George Duke. He's a he's a big one. George Duke, what a dude! This next one we've got uh, Street Life, The Crusaders. Oh yes, what a classic! With Randy Crawford, it is. It is. It is. Yeah, it sits so nicely in the mix as like an accompaniment to brass and to guitar. Like the two together just sound amazing. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I'm gonna skip it forward so we can get that groove and see how it changes. Yeah. I love Randy Crawford's voice as well. just like got the groove I love it yeah it has yeah you can you can make it really dreamy yes or you can make it really groovy and the next one the next one I'm going to show you is a, a groovy one a groovy application of the electric piano keep it groovy so here we've got our main man Donny Hathaway with The Ghetto ah yes and we can just play in all these tracks from like a certain decade yeah you just realize like man this was the peak it really was and it's yes. been such an influential sound this is the ghetto Shown up now that's more the low end sound It can be really subtle as well. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, last one from our Godfathers of Soul. We have played this guy before. Oh, yes. It's our boy. It's Bob. It was in our sample deep yes, dive. Yes. We played this track as well, didn't we? We did, yeah. I, I went with this one because I just, I did really enjoy this track. Yes, perfect. Um, this is Bob James, Nautilus. Big Bobby. Big Bobby. Nautilus, yeah. 
playing with the sound of that dreaminess. Really trippy. And then just yeah. locks into that groove. Yeah, the whole thing's just got like a layer of just sparkly magic to it, doesn't it? Thanks to the roads. It does, yeah. But then you hear when you start playing the chords, yeah. the attack on it. Really sharp. It is, yeah. 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 I think Bob was another one really instrumental in bringing it into it sort was. of the it, homes of many people through just like the taxi theme tune and stuff like that. Like lots of people who it might have been their first sort of taste of that jazzier sort of mm-hmm. sound who weren't big jazz heads. Yeah. I went through Bob James's uh catalogue of albums and it's a heavy feature the electric piano mm. real heavy feature like he did have some albums where he was playing um the, just a, a ground or an acoustic piano um yeah but there was a lot mainly elect, electric piano yeah he, he really made his name in that mm-hmm. world didn't he the electric piano yeah wow yeah some absolute icons there that's amazing yeah so the, all of that music obviously was w- composed in the 70s and um you really do hear just the impact that that instrument had on the overall sound of what was coming out i guess when you put it like that the sort of if we're saying the roads and the whirly kind of started late 60s early 70s that's really the birth of what we class as like the soul music we cover on this show Mm -hmm. yeah 100 we don't really go earlier than the mid 60s mm-hmm. because kind of soul as we know it was born with the roads it was yeah because yeah obviously you're getting donny and stevie all coming through in a similar period mm-hmm. and that just set the benchmark mm-hmm. for everything going forward so yeah it's, it's such yeah. a crucial mm-hmm. crucial piece of equipment that just defined this whole genre mm-hmm. yeah so I'm going to play a song for you now, since you sat and listened so well. <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah. Um, this, this Take next, us deeper. This next track is by Billy Cobham. Billy Cobham is an amazing drummer. His music is all instrumental, it's very jazz, but it's it's also exploring the boundaries of jazz and, and awesome. fusing it with contemporary sounds of the time. Mm-hmm. And I chose this song, one, because it's one of my... It's just favorite songs to chill out to and it's a really beautiful yeah. um example of that instrument the roads its contribution to just such a beautiful expression of music mm, yeah and it's, it's the wizard george duke again on keys isn't it yes it is yeah, yeah. It's so smooth just pure dreamy this one yeah so this is billy cobham heather
Yeah, what do you think of that? I love it. Did you enjoy that? We keep saying dreamy, but theirs is just blissed out to the max. It's just so smooth. It is. Just take, really transports you into a just another world. A different world, yeah. isn't it? it it's it's really beautiful. Cool. So where I would like to take you now, boys and girls, is... Um, take us on a trip. I'm going to take you on a trip. Come with us now on a journey through, through time, time and space. space. So we've been talking about the Fender Roads and the Willitzer and just the difference between their sounds. And for years, I just fused the two together. I didn't really see any difference. So I've, I've been doing a little bit of searching for popular songs that have featured these instruments. So I'm going to play for you some songs that the Fender Roads is featured on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big one. Start off with... I'm going straight in with Whitney. Yeah, I'm surprised at this one because when I, Whit- I think of Whitney. like Whitney classics, I think of a more like 80s mm-hmm. cheesy e-piano sound, mm-hmm. like a really dated mm-hmm. sound. So mm-hmm. it, it's interesting to hear that this is actually Rhodes. Yes, but the interesting thing about the Rhodes is you can modify the sound of it. You can make mm. the, the bell sound more prominent, Yeah, which is kind of what you get in that 80s sound. Yeah. So here we go. This is saving all my love. Yeah, let's hear it. You hear yeah, that? Iconic intro, isn't it? Do 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 Always love it when it like primes you for the vocal melody as well. Yeah. Nice bit of songwriting. In the video, in the video for this, um, she's in a studio. You see it. And the rose yeah, is there. Yeah. yeah. It is very aesthetically pleasing if you want to show yeah. like a tasteful studio, yeah. It is. It's, it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, that that it's pretty iconic actually. That opening, the intro of that song. It is, yeah, totally. You know, as soon as you yeah. hear those first couple of notes, um, you know instantly what it is. Yeah, I wouldn't have actually gone. That wouldn't have been a go-to. Was like, oh, that's obviously a road. No, I think it's just because you so closely associate songs of that era with like yeah. Yeah, a more kind of fromagey style. <laughs> The synths. Yeah, but to, to hear it in the context of all these other songs that we've been hearing tonight is, is interesting. It really shows how far-reaching the roads has been in popular yeah. culture. And yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the next one I've got for you is um, a Stevie. Oh. Stevie Wonder. Yeah, he really brought it, brought it to life. This is You Are the Sunshine of My Life. Doesn't get much more iconic than that intro, does it? Mm-hmm. Listen to that. Beautiful, yeah. warm. You are the sunshine of my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, yeah. just giving you little snippets. I could listen to them all day because it's all just beautiful music. Yeah, if you at home want to go and just look for the top road songs, it's a you will hear some of the best songs <laughs> yeah. ever written. Yeah. You really will. Legit, yeah. Um, this next one, last one for Fender Roads, I chose just for you, Steve. <laughs> this is just a one for you okay I have a sneaky suspicion yeah <laughs> yes mm-hmm. we're gonna play him every week this is of course Michael McDonald yes this is Steve singing <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, I just let the vocals come in. He's lush. What a dude. And we've also played this one on the samples. Yeah, because these songs are so iconic. They are. They have just been sampled to death as well. So yeah, those are three examples of Defender Roads featured on um, some relatively well-known songs. Absolutely timeless grooves. They are, aren't they? You, when, like you're right, when you listen to the some of the, the songs that the instrument is featured on, they are bangers such iconic sounds aren't they just some of the best songs ever written yeah so now we're gonna look at some Willitzer songs yeah let's see let's see if we can hear some uh, differences yeah here we go first one i'm not gonna tell you what it is because it's such a big one you're just gonna go oh no <laughs> oh of course marvin gay hit it when we're talking some of the best riffs of all time here man yes so iconic. Yeah, that's the wallet. Yeah. yeah. So that's obviously in the lower end. You don't mm-hmm. kind of hear the same bell kind of quality. No, the Willita doesn't have that bell quality. Yeah. So here we go. Here's the next one. You can hear that distorted sound. Yeah, it's thicker, isn't it? This is Ray Charles. Bit of Ray. What I'd say. Mm. Nice. I'm hearing fuzzier, Mm -hmm. thicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just a bit grittier and gnarlier. It's it's hard to put your finger on, isn't it? Yeah, you can definitely hear a difference, though. Mm -hmm. You can. So last one, a mm. um, little bit different direction genre-wise, awesome. but it's equally iconic. Here we go. Oh, yes. Love it. <laughs> I mean, iconic to Charves as well. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Not the scooter version. I mean, this song is that sound, yeah. isn't it? Such a fat rhythm to that, those stabs yeah super tramp are great man i love his voice yeah yeah so you had the likes of super tramp and the doors and you had even the beatles of course yeah the beatles really were early pioneers were billy preston yeah so it's the fender roads and the Wurlitzer have been such a welcome addition to um, modern music. Yeah, imagine, you know? where would it be without them? Just grand pianos. It'd be pretty boring. It'd be <laughs> just, pretty boring. Yeah, standard piano We'd just be playing like a 90s house, you know, <laughs> you know, with that like really harsh piano sound. Yeah. Well, if we didn't kind of make that sonic jump to this different key sound, would we, we've even got like synthesizers and all that sort of stuff. It really opened people's minds up to like what a piano could sound like i guess yeah absolutely yeah, yeah it has yeah, it was being well. like it's kind of been like if you were to go research the history of the piano and its journey it's been in many different forms you know like depending how far back you go but you've obviously got like the harpsichord which was a, an offshoot and it's, it's just kind of been like the natural evolution of that instrument you know mm-hmm. and i mean now you get electric pianos which are computerized and what's contained on those instruments is like you're a whole band really yeah um, so we've, we've come we've come such a long way but by far my most cherished favorite 
Uh, tone and sound is the electric piano, is the, the Rhodes and the Wurlitzer. Um, so I think um, it's only right now to play a song. Yeah, let's play another. Let's keep it going. And we've got somebody who's has uh, been very, very influential in the um, the world of, of pop. Yes, yeah. This, the king of pop. Yeah, this track is obviously Michael Jackson from Off the Wall, uh, 1979. And yeah, this is Greg Fillingaines on Rhodes. Right. What a lineup this track is. It's Greg Fillingaines, produced by Quincy Jones, obviously. Yeah. Bass by Louis Johnson from Brothers Johnson. And written by Stevie Wonder. Wow! What? Yeah, what a, what a, what a of... dream team! What a dream team! That's that is quite something. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is I can't help it. Again, it's kind of nice, subtle, dreamy stuff underneath all this big pop majesty. Mm-hmm. Really, just contributing to the the funky drive of the track. Uh, yeah, just another classic tune that, yeah, maybe you don't consider it a defining Rhodes track, mm-hmm. but it just kind of shows how integral it was to the development of just soul mm-hmm. in the mainstream. And by this point, 1979, it was just, it was everywhere, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Like, you couldn't make a soul album without an electric piano. Yeah, you couldn't move, it was everywhere, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, this is another just beautiful track. Really funky. Michael Jackson can't help it. Yeah. 
Wow. Mm, yeah. That is nice. With that track, I think we're really moving toward what we class as Neo Soul in yeah. terms of how floaty those keys are, yeah. how groovy the bass is. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, so well put together. When you realise it's written by Stevie Wonder, it's like, of course it is. Yeah. Sounds exactly like a Stevie Wonder it, song. It, uh, yes. There's actually a studio outtake of Stevie Wonder demo on it. Ooh. And it's awesome. Okay. I can't help but love you. Hey. Uh, I love that. Yeah, it's beautiful. That it's one of my favorite albums, actually. That one off the wall. Yeah, man. And Michael Jackson, like his voice is, he's next level. I mean, whatever your opinions are of him, he's just next level. Yeah, and that that was him vocally best as well. Yeah. Before he kind of leaned into the ticks and the aggressive. Mm-hmm side of his voice that was just him yeah. just sounding like an angel yeah <laughs> so yeah you, you you mentioned there about leaning towards the more neo soul yeah yeah we can kind of see the electric piano's significance in what we know as the neo soul movement absolutely yeah so how about how about I kind of give you some musical examples and you can hear just how entwined that sound is. Yes, hell yes. Full Neo mm-hmm. Soul vibes. Yeah, so this is the Neo Soul vibe. I am going to start off though with something a bit more um, R&B. Okay. Um, so obviously just the time period as Neo Soul was starting to become yeah. its own thing. Yeah. yeah. That sort of... Early to mid nineties, ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, super smooth, really soulful. But you could feel that something else was on the verge of breaking. So here we go. First one. Straight in there. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) This is brownstone. If you love me. Just such a stark intro, just with yeah. the, the keys. So beautiful. This is that time period, isn't it? I mean, listen to those harmonies too. This is what we're talking about. <laughs> We're just waiting for the chorus, aren't we? Because it's so good. <laughs> Drop the beat. Yeah, so that is kind of, you feel, you, you feel the, you, you just feel the soul coming on, don't you? Yeah. And with that more like hip hop beat, it's an, another example of how like the roads and the world, it's a, it just kind of followed soul music through its natural path, didn't it? Yeah. From jazz to 80s soul into the late 80s and 90s mm-hmm. where like all these classic players like Bob James were getting sampled. Mm-hmm. So then it had a whole new lease of life with hip hop. It did. Yeah. And you didn't see the roads for quite a while. Because obviously um, production stopped 
with the Rolitza, stopped mm. for a period of time with the roads because of the selling of the business and then you had the but it certainly lived on didn't it through past works being it did yeah like, reappropriated into yeah there's just nothing better than a nice like soulful roads part over a hip-hop beat that's like yeah that's just the basis of dilla that's the basis of so many like classic hip-hop producers a yeah. tribe called quest it, but it came back on the scene as like a live instrument with none other than the main man himself. Oh, yeah. Of course, D'Angelo. The D. He played the Rhodes like that was his instrument of choice. Yeah, from, from playing in church as a, as a kid, didn't he? Yeah. It's interesting because his approach sometimes to playing the instrument, he often played it, it very like a guitar, like some of the, the rhythmic parts. Mm. Um, and later on, on some of like the interviews that he's, he's given, mm -hmm. he has mentioned that he was just trying to emulate the guitar. Yeah, he's since taken up guitar, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You learn how to play the guitar and... Uh, yeah, that was just his love of like Sly and the Family Stone and that yeah. sort of psychedelic sort of stuff coming through, wasn't it? Yeah. So here goes another one. Yeah, We're going to go for another Neo Soul Godmother. You're battering me with beautiful roads. <laughs> here we go. Oh! You hear it? Oh, yeah. We're starting to hear it a bit different sonically now, aren't we? Yes. Through more process effects and stuff you like can. that. can. It's got that sort of like wet, sort of reverby sound to it. It has. That that particular one, I can I can hear a wah effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you've got the production side of things coming into it, which makes it quite difficult to figure out what instrument it is because of that. Yes, now it's just kind of like, buried in the background mm -hmm. doing its thing just adding so much like spice and layering yeah. to everything okay so another one got a couple more um here we go Ooh. this is another godmother of the new soul movement this is jill scott yeah yeah talk to me So we've just rattled off D'Angelo, Jill Scott, America, three like absolute titans of Neo Soul. And you can hear the roads just so intrinsic to everything it's they do. It's important, isn't it? Especially around this yeah, period. It's, yeah, it's kind of like, it's just like the foundation. It was just baked into what Neo Soul became around yeah, this time, I think. Absolutely. And this last one is kind of, for me, doesn't sum up the movement, but it's it's such an iconic song of the time that I couldn't not play it. Here we go. Oh, come on, music soul child. All these long ass intros. The production on, on this one, it's got that watery sound. Oh. It's so crisp, isn't it? 
the snares perfect on this as well. Just such a head nod. It really is, yeah. This might seem strange, but let me know if I'm out of Yes, this is just that golden, golden period for me. It's an amazing time. Just, yeah, beautiful, beautiful keys. Kind of filling so many spots in both the mix and the structure of the groove mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. And all the while just adding that extra sprinkling of fairy dust on top with the high bell sound. 100%, yeah, amazing. I love it. yeah. Music Soul Child. Yeah, I'd forgot how good that track was, man. That is just... Ooh, love it. It's just it just, It's all feel-good, isn't it? It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a really good song. Um, we're going to play a song now. Um, yeah, let's, let's have another example of uh, the kind yeah. of neo-souly vibe with the roads. Yeah. So this next track is by an artist called Mac Ayers, who we haven't actually played on the show. Can you believe it? Yeah, man. He's been on my shortlist so many times. Yeah. I mean, his, his, his sound is like legit neo soul. Like Particularly, I, I, you could play anything off this first project, this first yeah. album, EP, Drive Slow. Yeah. So Mac is a multi-instrumentalist, plays piano and he also plays guitar this track it's heavily electric piano kind of lead yeah and this is a song called lonely enjoy one fuss about it said i'll just give you the key i could live without it But I like what you're doing for me Don't fuss about it Let me be on my way So quit the shouting Already know what you're going to say
I could have played any tune off this. Calvin's Joint is my jam still. Yeah, no, it's um, um, easy, slow down. It's a great album, that one. Yeah, it was. It was my favorite album of that year, 2017. Yeah, it, it was mega. I love that album. I'd still rock out to that album. Now. Just when when someone just arrives with such a perfect debut, it's just. Uh, you, you envy them trying to follow it up, don't you? Hundred <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, percent. I know but... it's hard. It's a hard job. It's a hard job following up a first album because so much work goes into that first album. Yeah, that you've you've really got to have a lot to say, you know. Um, yeah. And I, I feel at the point when that came out, sort of, well, like five years ago now. I do feel that was like a tipping point of like. Now we're revisiting D'Angelo. Now we're revisiting that mm-hmm. late 90s classic sound. Uh, and I think that's when any kind of talk of a neo-soul revival began, really, mm-hmm. around this time mm-hmm. with albums like this, mm-hmm. which has obviously yeah. led to a lot more interesting things in the five years uh, since. But yeah. yeah, I remember hearing this and thinking like, oh yeah, this is... This is almost like retro now, but it still sounds like if we're talking about D'Angelo as a retro artist, um, mm-hmm. it was probably around mm-hmm. the same time Jordan was coming out with his earlier, like more neo soli boom bap yeah. sort of stuff. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, th- this was when I kind of fell back in love with soul music a little bit, mm-hmm. I think. So you, you've had the kind of the neo soul movement, which was, you know, around the 2000s, mm-hmm. back end of the 90s. Um, and we've seen that that electric piano is integral to the sound. When you kind of move forward to, I guess, what the f- the future of neo soul, yeah, yeah. all the major players, all all those the people that we have been playing in our show month in month out, they are still using the, the same ingredients. Yeah, they're really bringing you know? it back as well. Because I think it did go away for a while. Yeah, like the early like two thousand. Five to 2015 is like a decade where things got very, um, I don't know, David Guettery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and as I said, th- this was the point where things, the live instrumentation started to come back in a more prominent way. Started to come back. And that's yeah. where we really started to see a lot of the fusion y stuff happening and a lot of the yeah. prominent artists that we see now as the top of the hill, the top of the mountain they were just starting to come through at this point your glaspers and stuff like that so yeah this was a this was an awesome period just thinking about the the new kind of neo soul sound or not new sound but continue passing the baton on the contemporary neo neo soul like new neo soul yeah yeah new neo soul we've talked about mac airs you've mentioned about jordan Racquet there so check this out okay 
She told me at the baseline. That's pure bell. Like you can you can hear that that's the rose, right? Crystal clear, yeah. You can hear the forks. She told me at the sound of the drums, drums to set the Yes, Jordan Rakai from Groove Cur C P. Yes. She told me at the baseline. Yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that period of his um of his music just then. Yeah, another 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 big moment in this reevaluation of the genre, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got another few for you. Do you, want, do you want to hear them out? Yes, of course. Yeah, let's. So we're now we're playing just some examples of like newer. Sort yeah, of... just kind of more current. You know, if you consider like the neo soul movement starting the early two thousands. And then obviously D'Angelo went off the scene, as we've, we've, we've kind of talked about. Lauren Hill went off the scene. It kind of went quiet a, a little them, bit. A lot of them did, yeah. yeah. Um, left us high and dry, yeah. The music game changed massively. Um, everything going to streaming. And it's just opened up now again with this kind of plethora of amazing music Um, (laughs) this next one you introduced me to and it's a beautiful beautiful example of an application of the instrument oh yes just instrument and and voice yes that goes without saying sometimes that's all you need yeah the snow allegra time it's a beautiful song yeah so just a pure sound isn't it Gorgeous. So beautiful. Memories yeah. Oh, let, let's play a bit at the end. I just want to hear Are you going to play it? <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll bring it back. Bit at the end. Can I get a rewind? Rewind. About here? Yeah, let's just hear some big crescendo. It's just lush. Oh, that vocal break. Mm. Goosebumps. Goosies. I mean, that's special, you know. (laughs) That is special. Really, really special. I love that. I love it. Um, okay, so something something less less smooth. I mean, that's not going to make me want to cry. No, this is definitely <laughs> that make very me nearly cry. did. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> oh, it has, man. I'm feeling very fragile right now. <laughs> so this one is by another kind of main player, I think, in the new neo soul. They take they take the instrument, they take the sound, and it's it's a lot more playful and experimental and it's got they they add a lot of um electronic sounds so it's, it's not as easy to identify all the time mm-hmm. but they it throw a lot it, it, <laughs> they throw everything but the kitchen sink at us they do yeah but it but it is in there it's in there so this is hiatus coyote yeah shaolin monk mother funk the best <laughs> So you hear that electronic trippy sound. Yep, yep. It's in that. Yeah, 
but you can hear the roads, you can hear yeah. the Botman. Just acts as that like bed to just pile everything on top. It goes crazy, doesn't it? Kind of got we're back in a sort of Nautilus vibe, aren't we? Yes. Back to Bob James. Yeah. It's kind of think like Miles Davis, Bitches Brew. Yeah, dark jazz. Yeah, I love I love their combinations of sounds. Um, they're kind of like the masters of um, layers. Amazing. Okay. Um, how about this one? These guys love the electric piano yeah. sound, and their sound is just smooth. Yes, their sound is just very much just 100% rooted in the electric piano sound as a basis for pretty much everything they do. Yeah, this is Moonchild. Hide away. So smooth and groovy. Yes. Mm. You know, we've gone from like a really dense production like Hiatus Coyote. This is a relatively sparse arrangement, but that electric piano just fills out so much. Like, you don't really need much else. No, you're right. There's just so much to the... um it's it, just, it creates it's a sound. lovely layered bed. Mm-hmm. It adds like your rhythmic section, mm-hmm. your melodic section. Mm-hmm. It just fills everything out amazingly. It's like multi-purpose. <laughs> it, it, no, it is. Yeah, it's it's a great instrument. It's, it's so um, versatile and it adds so much to the overall sound. So you're talking about you know the journey of neo soul and the contribution that this instrument has had. It started off kind of in the jazz, soul, funk scene. And then it migrated to the R&B neo-soul scene. Mm -hmm. And then as we're going into the new wave of neo-soul, we're starting to see... We're starting to see that reemergence of the jazz fusion, the jazz side, where the yeah. worlds are colliding again. Um, and we've spoke about Robert Glasper yeah. before, about him being quite um, an integral... Just a, a game-changer here. Yeah. He has been a real game-changer, taking the jazz world and fusing it with the hip-hop mm. and the, um, the soul and the R&B. Yeah, you're totally right. It's come, it has come full circle. It has yeah. really come so full we're circle. We're going all the way back to like, as I was telling you before, I was trying to find the earliest use of the roads mm-hmm. on mm-hmm, recorded mm-hmm. use. And people were saying, mm-hmm. yeah, that's like Miles Davis, 1968. So we've mm-hmm. gone from Miles Davis to all the way through now, Robert Glasper, who's like, I guess, a direct descendant to the point yeah. where he did the the music for the Miles Davis biopic. He did, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh, I remembered. Tying it yeah. together, baby. Tying it together. <laughs> so this is the last example I'm going to show you. We're going to be bringing this deep dive to a nice sweet end. This one is a collaboration with a favourite of mine. It's with Yabba. Yeah. And it's called Fuck Your Feelings. <laughs> <laughs> 10 to 11 come on <laughs> I didn't I didn't vibe for this album but this this track's a class this track is a good one I know I don't always get down with everything he puts out yeah this album's like more hip hop and darker bass it's less sort of nice and pretty yeah yeah it's coming in there nice sweet keys 
Chris Day of their own kid. Yeah, we're starting to see the emergence of like iconic players again, aren't we? Who play together, yeah. like we've got Glasper on keys, Chris Dave and that, who are the modern equivalents of... The greats. You know, you've got Miles Davis yeah. and Herbie Hancock on keys. Yeah. Each of those were like amazing musicians in their own right, legendary. Yeah. We've brought it all back. Yeah. Yeah, and Robert Glasper has, um, as a pianist, he, he has kind of his own style. I can always tell when it's a Glasper tune. He really does, yeah. He really Just does. Like the chord usage and uh-huh. the progressions and stuff. You're yeah. Like, That's Glasper. It is, I know. Yeah, yeah completely. Whether it's a, a, like a jazzier piece or more mm-hmm. hip-hop-based one, it's like, that's a Glasper sort of chord sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that we're so far along the timeline and someone can still come along and make such a radical stamp on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like playing playing piano, who'd have thought anyone could have a unique sound yeah. in 2020? Yeah. It's amazing. I, yeah, I, I don't know how it's happened, but it has. And yeah, he's put us in a good place. So since we've gone full circle and we've kind of delved back into the the jazz realms. Yeah, last last track we're going to play is by Alpha Mist. As we've gone full circle. Bringing it back to the UK. Um, I guess our own answer to Glasper, really. Such a prominent um, young player, just so deeply entrenched in the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Al- Alpha Mist's really kind of done a lot for, for our scene, I think, as well. And this is a track called Falling with Kaya Thomas-Dyke mm-hmm. uh, from his album Structuralism. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, we're really diving back into that. Really floaty, takes you away, otherworldly, slightly dark jazz sound. And yeah, it really does just um, transport you. It does indeed. It's a heavy one. It's deep. So, yes, this is falling, and I think that about wraps us up. (laughs) All right. Yeah, Alpha Mist, take us home.
So that was the wonderful Alpha Mist and Kaya Thomas Dyke with Fallen. Wow, yeah. <laughs> that sent me into a whole other world, that one. It does, yeah. And really, it's it's a nice way to finish um, on such a topic because that kind of, for me, is what the electric piano road sound does. It takes me somewhere else and it's dreamy and yeah. just like... So it was a perfect finish. And you know what's been amazing about this? We've effectively, I don't think we ever meant to, but we've effectively mm-hmm. documented the entire timeline of soul tonight through yeah. the prism of this one instrument. Yeah, yeah. We've kind of gone from 60s and 70s, like the jazz greats, through to the 80s mainstream mm-hmm. resurgence, into the 90s with the neo-soul, and then through to now with this amazing fusion Mm -hmm. of jazz and r&b and all like everything in between and that the electric piano has just been just solid throughout all along (laughs) yeah it was it was in true roots and vine fashion that deep dive wasn't it tracing it all back and taking it on a journey yeah wow that was amazing yeah i hope you've enjoyed it Steve, I hope anyone who's listening has enjoyed it. I hope it hasn't been too nerdy. My mind has been blown. That's yeah, incredible. Uh-huh. Um, and incredible. I certainly have learned a lot. Mm. I mean, I, I'm going to be listening to the music with a kind of different perspective. I'm going to be thinking, is that the roads or is that the whirly? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, what have you done to my brain? I don't know, no, need to be thinking about music it. even more. You've ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Ruined it for me. So, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We've got one more song for you. As usual, connect with us. Um, if you have any music that you want us to play, if you have any, if you just have an opinion about what we're talking about and you kind of want to give us your two cents, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, always hit us up on the gram and yep. the book. That's right. We'd love to hear you, yeah. And connect with us, Roots in the Vine. And, and get, uh, get, get subscribed on Spotify, get all the latest latest episodes direct yeah stay up to date with uh, our episodes absolutely but we're going to play one more tune for you as we close up the show we generally the trend that we have been sticking with is going in with something fresh yes hard off the press Um, kind of really staying um, in keeping with this idea of the root and the vine it's only right to kind of take it into the future so we start with something old end with something new yes something borrowed and something blue oh well we've had some blues <laughs> yeah. And then some samples which are borrowed. So. Yep, we've had some we've Craig had David samples, haven't we? Yeah. So yeah, um, last tune. Last tune of yeah, the Yeah, your turn. Your turn this time, Steve, right? This is an artist called Malia, mm. LA based artist. Uh she she plays guitar too, which instantly makes cool. her even cooler. Yep. Like we said last month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's got some nice performances up on uh Fender's YouTube channel. So bring bring in the Fender in as well. Oh. She's kind of sponsored by Fender Guitars. Lovely. Yeah, this is the first track from a forthcoming EP from her mm-hmm. called What's After I Love You. Mm. I love that title. Yeah. That's really cool. That's nice. That's out in March. And this track is just a really pretty, intimate tune. Lovely laid-back swung groove, I think, and, and quite piercing vocals as well. Something about her vocals that really grab us. Yeah, this is very nice. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to enjoy this, guys. It's it's very nice. So, yes, that's us signing off for another month. Another month. We'll be back next time. More Neo Soul Nerdery. We'll leave <laughs> you with Malia. 
only one. See ya. Peace out, guys. I love way too hard. Guess I love way too hard.